You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. And joining us again today is Barry Nussbaum from the Barry Nussbaum Report, entrepreneur, pro-Israel advocate, and radio broadcaster himself. He was with us last week and had so much to say. We brought him back today. Welcome, Barry. Good to be with you again. Thank you. I'm going to start right up because we have quite a robust broadcast. Why do you think that even with two-thirds of the nation rejecting this Iran deal, why are senators like Cory Booker, he who has been a devoted friend of Israel since he was a young guy in college, why is he turning his back on Israel? And you know, so- it, it, the question is, is an astute question, Lisa, but I don't think it's just turning their back on Israel. Um, I think they're turning their back on the defense of of America, and I think it calls into question their oath of office as senators and representatives. This is such a matter of national United States security that I'm astounded that that many Democrats are lining up in a partisan way. There's all kinds of talk coming off the Hill about the carrot and the stick being used aggressively by the White House and the Democratic leadership in both houses. Some representatives and senators are being offered um, certain bills are going to get rapid passage and are going to get unanimous support from the uh, from the caucus. Other people are being promised uh, a shortcut to committee leadership. Others are being promised financial support for re-election, and others are being threatened if you don't toe the line and come into the party fold. Uh, what could happen to you? is the big noise that Chuck Schumer uh, has experienced for the several weeks since he came out against the deal. If you remember, Schumer was the first uh, senator to come out uh, against the Iran nuclear deal, and he made a very impassioned speech about it, that it was a disaster for Israel and terrible for the United States. And immediately, Josh Ernest, the president's press secretary, started making threats from the White House press oh, room hold that thought, about, Barry. Hold that about him not being able to keep his committee leadership coming up, or his leadership of the party coming We're up. We're going to hold it right there because this is astounding. They put their career, careers before our safety and the safety of our families. We'll be right back. Barry, I hated to stop that train of thought, but uh, we had to go to break. So would you like to continue, please? Sure, happy to. Um, I think it's really important that your listeners, Lisa, focus in on the magnitude of what's happening right now. I don't think there's a, a comparable legislative consideration in American history that I can think of that is being swayed by politics over national interests, certainly not for this century or the previous century for sure. And here's what I mean. In the past, there have been numerous treaties, which, by the way, it's my firm constitutional opinion that this should have been classified as a treaty, and the Republican-led Senate let the White House get away with not having this as a treaty. If it were a treaty, it would never have happened. But that aside, they've acquiesced, and I think it's too late now. Um, Had this been looked at in its proper perspective, in other words, an agreement or a treaty with a foreign power who has avowed continually and continues to do so to promise the destruction of the United States and our most uh, strategic ally in the Middle East, Israel. The thought of 
turning over over a hundred billion dollars almost instantly and perhaps as much as a trillion dollars over the next decade to a country even after the agreement was announced has promised to weaponize to the extent that has never been done in world history and I mean that literally there's never been a spending spree on defense like Iran is conducting now and they plan on using these weapons against us and they proclaim it weekly and the Ayatollah the supreme leader released it in a book after Kerry came back in the light of all that news the Democrats in the House and the Democrats in the Senate make absurd press releases like Debbie Wasserman Schultz it's the most agonizing decision I've ever made and I'm going to go along with the president because it's the best chance for peace. Well, this the, is my the, question. I mean, we are, we're, we're Debbie Wasserman Schultz is a Jew. Uh, she should be listening to Prime Minister Netanyahu, who has to pr protect his nation. Why have they turned their backs? What is it? Is it her committee position? Is her position with the DNC? Has Debbie Wasserman Schultz put her career and her position in front of her Jewishness and has the audacity to say with a Jewish heart she does that. I want your opinion, Barry. Well, I actually have a personal opinion about that specific congressman. I sat through a speech she made a few years ago, Lisa, uh, at a meeting in which her speech was billed as an analysis of the Middle East from a congressional viewpoint and how our strategic alliance, ours being the United States' strategic alliance in Israel, uh, was being enhanced by the Congress. Her speech was 45 minutes long, and I kid you not, the name Obama or President Obama was every third sentence, and it was 45 minutes about what a great yes, friend of, of Israel the president oh, was. And by the time... By the time she finished her speech, people were so restless in the audience, some were getting up and walking out. Of course. So I, I guess the, the answer to your question is, is yes, is, is, <laughs> is, yes is, is that it's politics and it's partisan politics and it's a complete disregard for not only our political uh, treaty alignment with Israel, but their sworn oath as a congressperson to uphold the security of the United States. Thank because you, if, if people look at this in a simply generic sense, which is the enemy of the country, the biggest one in the world, wants to destroy us, they say so publicly, we're going to give them more money that's ever been transferred in one treaty in history, and then they tell us they're going to use those weapons to destroy us after we make the agreement. But before we give them the money, and after those statements come out, Lisa, congressperson after congressperson declares their allegiance to the president and says they will support the deal. What other conclusion can you reach? The Obama administration has worked for years to keep this dirty deal distant from any accountability. Um, it has managed to flip the normal two-thirds vote required to approve treaties into two-thirds vote to reject the deal. 
But I'm looking, I want to know where Lamar Alexander of Tennessee is on this, where Orrin Hatch, I think, is still sitting on the fence. I hear David Perdue of Georgia, who really owes his Senate seat to the grassroots in Georgia. And what about Lindsey Graham? Is he still undecided? Would you please check that, Jerry, and I'll come back to you right after this break. This is astounding news for us. And America, this is your defining hour. This is the time you get up to protect your families and this country. We'll be right back. Welcome back, America. And we have two very important news stories to bring you. This one on the Iran deal and where we see this going in the following week. I'd like to conclude this this uh, part of our broadcast with a comment um, from uh, Barry as you sum up this uh, sum up this uh, deal. Uh, as you know, Alan Dershowitz, a, a tribesman, a lawnsman like you and I and Jerry, a Jew, uh, a, lib- you know, a liberal by all means and Democrat that uh, he is, has come out forcefully against this deal. And so has Ellie Wiesel. And uh, Dershowitz has said that this, he said it on Steve Mulberg's, uh, Mulsberg's show, that an attack on Iran by Israel is likely since the deal leaves no other options on the table. Your closing comment, Barry. Uh, Thank you for Alan Dershowitz has been extremely helpful uh, as a leader in the more liberal community, uh, apparently a close social personal friend of the president uh, for a number of years. Uh, For him to break with the president over strategic analysis uh, was very brave on his part, and uh, I applaud him for it. He gave us a very nice statement uh, that we have on our March to Save America website. Uh, He's very, very outspokenly critical of this deal and feels uh, unequivocally that the United States was uh, blatantly out-negotiated. I applaud him for that, and I wish the members of the House and the Senate were as principled as Alan Dershowitz is. All other political issues aside, this is the most important decision any of those sitting congressmen or women are going to make in their uh, legacy. And if they remain where they are now, with the votes counted as they are now, uh, what very well could happen next year, and something for your voters to think about and we can talk about in six or nine months, there are a number of Republicans that say they're going to bring back sanctions to vote next year, and I'm hearing that from a number of sources, and that numerous Dems have said, while they support the deal, there's no reason for them to oppose sanctions that would be reimposed instantly should Iran breach, because the way the president wants to put this together, everything becomes unwound, and there is no what if. That comment that he made in the Rose Garden has turned out to be nothing more than air. Remember, there were going to be snapback sanctions instantly reapplied. The way this deal is written, that is virtually impossible and will never happen without new legislation. And the Republicans are talking about having them in place just in case. Thank you, Barry Nussbaum. I've got to move right on to our next guest, Jerry Gordon. Thank you, Barry. Thank you for... Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org.
and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.